Welcome to Biblical Christian Worldview's Selective Article Podcast. So let's get started. Today's podcast is entitled The Unforgivable Sin of, quote, Sexual Issues, unquote. I received a recent comment uh, on our website a few levels down on an older post that I had that spoke candidly to a hidden belief of many Christians, uh, one that is divisive and contrary to the greatest commandment of loving God and our neighbors as ourselves, Luke 10.27. We sometimes need to be reminded to consider the plank in our eye before condemning the speck in the eyes of others, Matthew 7, uh, 3 and following. As Christians, we're called to love everyone regardless of how they express their sin nature. One of the areas in today's culture where this seems to be most challenging is when Christians hold a belief that a particular sin, such as homosexuality, will condemn someone to hell for eternity. In this specific instance, the writer noted above stated, quote, sexual issues are core issues ruling out ones entering heaven. God gives us unconditional guarantee of a list of sins that if a person lives in them, if they die in them, no entrance into heaven is possible, unquote. So biblical Christian response. I'm not sure which list of unforgivable sins the commenter was referring to, but for discussion's sake, let's say it's Mark 7:21 and following. From within our heart of man comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, Wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness, all these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. In that list are things like coveting, envy, pride, and foolishness. Was he suggesting, the commenter suggesting, that only, quote, sexual immorality, unquote, keeps someone out of heaven, but God will give the rest a pass for a born-again believer? Or was he suggesting instead that the saved no longer have any pride in their heart or can't be considered foolish as a condition for entrance into heaven? The following verse from Romans still remains in effect post-salvation, Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Another set of verses from the Bible could have been what the commenter was referring to as well, 1 Timothy 1, 8 and following, which reads, Now we know that the law is good. If one uses it lawfully, understand this, that the law is not laid down for the just, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who strike their fathers and their mothers, for murderers, the sexually immoral, men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine in accordance with the gospel of glory of the blessed God for which I have been entrusted. So to that I would ask, who wrote 1 Timothy? Most believe it was Paul. That would be the same Paul who lamented in Romans, quote, what a wretched man I am, unquote, because of his continuing inability to resist sin. Romans 7.24. Rather than condemning himself to hell for an inability to resist his sin nature, Paul offered praise 
toward God, whose son paid the price for that sin and paid the price for all sin, even those sins some perhaps find most offensive. Many believers suggest that once saved, one should have the Holy Spirit as their counselor and therefore have a barrier uh, to their past sin nature. The reality is bad behavior continues after salvation. We believers lie, we're prideful, and at times profane. Our tongues remain a restless evil with gossip and slandering others. Further, we can be gluttons, continuing to eat too much, be drunkards, and so on. Perhaps we have the power to do better, but our faith is smaller than a mustard seed. And as with Paul, our hands do not do what our mind and spirit tell them to do. This can certainly be equally true with sexual issues. Finally, I left the author of the opening comment in in this uh, podcast with one other thoughtful consideration regarding this controversial issue of, quote, sexual issues and eternal life. Say, for example, the gay person agreed to Ephesians 2, 8, 9, grace alone, faith alone, and Christ alone. And Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And he sincerely prayed the sinner's prayer and repented what he knew to be his sins. Say he demonstrated uh, a sanctifying growth in other areas of his changed life. What if he got saved in a progressive Christian church that reinforced rather than tried to extinguish his sexual orientation? He was taught by those he respected that his lifestyle was not at all sinful. He was told the term, quote, sexual immorality, unquote, in the Bible was more an an issue of promiscuity rather than orientation. Would he go to hell for truly serving God but missing out on compliance with traditional theology? I would think not. Acts 17.30, the times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. So in summary, I guarantee that every saved Christian that has ever lived has had some error in their theology. God is too big. Life is too nuanced. The Bible is too complex. And in some cases, a flat-out mystery for that to be the case. Christians are held accountable for what we know, not what we don't know. And even in those areas where we know we are continuing to sin, to lie, to be angry, to be sexually immoral, and whatever that might mean, God has provided a solution through grace, not works, based on a heart change, not the law, so that we can come to him as filthy rags and be forgiven and saved. Romans 6.14, For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under the law, but under grace. God bless you as you serve him today. Today's podcast article was brought to you by bcworldview.org, providing honest reporting and analysis on the intersection of contemporary issues and theology based on a biblical Christian worldview. May God bless you as you continue to walk through this life with our Savior and Lord.